Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 20 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am here, I'm back in Ireland, and I'm here with Tomas. Hello, Tomas, how are you? Hey, Sorsha, I'm, uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well. I think I've gotten over the jet lag, more or less. Really? Uh, did, did you go somewhere? I don't know. Did, did I mention that I was in Boston? Did I ever tell you that? And... I can imagine people are probably switching off right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did anybody I who, uh, who listened to your uh, uh, bonus episodes knows exactly what you've done there. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was doing it for the podcast. Uh, now, I, again, if you haven't listened to them yet, I've uploaded five bonus episodes at Nariscope where I spoke to quite a few adventure game developers, some starting off for the first time, and then others you may have heard of, like Natalia Martinson, the developer of Fran Bo, and Dave Gilbert, and Francisco Gonzalez. And I had a great time there, really enjoyed it, really, really nice people. I'd urge people to check out so they're not too long, uh, but uh, and you can hear... About Dave Gilbert, you know why he's going to 3D for Techno Babylon 2, and uh, fear from Francisco Gonzalez again about his general reaction to Lamplight City. So now I am back. Uh, before we get to the reviews of the games, I just wanted to talk about some news that's been happening the last well last month nearly since I've been to to Nariscope. I did say that I'm sure that once I go to Boston, that there will be some big news. And there, there was kind of some big news. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Thomas, but Microsoft announced at E3 that they have now bought Tim Schafer's company, Double Fine. So uh, they will now be publishing their games in future, including Psychonauts 2. Uh, right. Tim Schafer had a very quick video where, in typical Tim Schafer style, he said, yeah, Microsoft offered me a lot of money, and I decided to accept so that's really the main reason why uh, they, uh, they went with it. So I think, as you mentioned, it's fair enough. But I just wanted to know your thoughts, you know, your first thoughts on this. What do you think? Do you think it's good, bad, or do you think we'll have to wait and see? Well, it's, it's hard to tell right now, of course, but apparently um, it will have no effect on how the business is, how the studio runs its business. So it will... It looks now that it's going to be a good deal because he will have more backing and more freedom and less uh, stress to to get his stuff out there. Hopefully, uh, that will result in some excellent new games. Yeah, no, de- definitely. Uh, he he did go on a little bit more detail in another video saying that they, they will still publish the same types of game that they've been making, but that they'll have more money to do so because I know that there were some fans online. Apparently, they gave two examples of two companies that were bought by Microsoft that have since gone bankrupt. But, you know, I, I, I think we have to wait and see how this develops. I think uh, if, you know, between being bought by Microsoft or possibly going bankrupt anyway, I think definitely the option to be bought to be bought by Microsoft is the only option, really. 
Yeah. And we will see. I mean, I do hope that Microsoft then don't, you know, don't get involved too perfectly with money, of course, but they don't try and interfere too much because we know that Tim Schafer is an amazing developer and the people at Double Fine have made some really, really good games. So I hope this is positive. I, as you mentioned, we'll have to wait and see, but I am optimistic that this will work out. And we just have to wait and see. So, yes. Uh, in in other news, uh, LucasArts. Have you heard of them? Have I heard of LucasArts? <laughs> hmm. No. Don't they have something I, to do with this little space epic uh, uh, space opera called Star Wars? Star Wars or something, yeah, and I believe they used to make some games about uh, set on an island with lots of animals as well, I think, and other games as well. Um, well, this is not actually LucasArts, but another company called Limited Run Games at E3 as well, they announced that they are re-releasing some classic LucasArts games and about a million Star Wars titles. But um, <laughs> we'll focus on the LucasArts adventure games. So they're re-releasing The Curse of Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, The Chuck's Revenge, The Secret of Monkey Island, and The Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition, all for PC. Now, the thing is that they're re-releasing these as physical releases. Um, so, uh, again, now some people have said... Oh, Oh, maybe now this means that they're going to make a new Monkey Island game. There is uh, there is no evidence to support that whatsoever yet, from what I can see, because no. mainly they're releasing the Star Wars games and a few these adventure yeah, Monkey Island games. It's still good news. I still think it's good any time that uh, these games are re-released or whatever. If we can get more attention to these games, I get more people playing these games. I think it's good. So again, if people, if you haven't bought a physical version of the first three Monkey Island games, for some reason they're not re-releasing Escape from Monkey Island. I wonder why that is. But um, if you want to play these games physically released, then now is your chance. And yeah. Or, and and maybe it's just nice, you know, to have a physical copy of of, of something you really really like. I mean, I could be persuaded to buy something like that if the the cool thing was and i think we've talked about this before when back in the old days and we were really aging ourselves here but you know back <laughs> in the 80s and 90s when you bought a game you got a cool box and you got all kinds of goodies in there and um if they do something similar i could definitely be persuaded to put uh the, the beautiful box i mean i have all the games i don't need to buy them for the games <laughs> So I, I I can put a beautiful box on display uh, somewhere like because they are very cool games. Other maybe they are using this to see how much of a market there is for a possible new title uh, concerning Monkey Island. So maybe we should all buy everything and uh, hope that they will release a new title. Yeah, no, you make a very it's a very good points there. Um, I also have already have physical releases of the first three Monkey Island games. I believe, and I, I also got a special edition of the first two games, and so. But definitely, you know, I do have the big box of the Curse of Monkey Island. It was one of my first adventure games. I have special memories of that game, and uh, again, yeah, I do kind of miss the days as well of uh, just getting the you know the goodies in the box as well. And I have also discussed again with the digital release again. We've spoken about Telltale now that 
um, that you couldn't play some of their games since they've gone out of business. But yeah, and you also make a very good point about their testing the waters. Now, Ron Gilbert, he tweeted, I don't know exactly when he tweeted this, it may have been a few years ago, a few months ago, but he said that in his opinion, petitions about making a new Monkey Island game to LucasArts, that in his opinion, they don't work. That the more petitions there are, now well, I'm... Uh, I might I'll probably misquoting, but he said the more petitions there are, that the uh, more that the more that LucasArts or Disney now who own the rights will realize that oh this could be worth something. Let's just hold on to the rights and then it won't do anything with it. But I think he was saying that if they think that Monkey Island isn't worth anything, then they might just sell the rights to somebody else or him. I'm not sure if I completely. I mean I I get where he's coming from, but. I'm not sure if that if I really agree with him on this case. Now again, he's Ron Gilbert, but I think if if LucasArts and Disney can see that there is a market for the Mon- for Monkey Island, then they will more likely do something. They will be more likely to release a new game. Uh, don't know what your thoughts are on that, Tomas. Well, understandably, uh, Ron is very protective of his uh, intellectual property. I mean, he and, mm-hmm. and and of course a couple of the other guys made that game to what it is and had a big, big, big influence in the success of Lucasfilm games. So, yeah, I can see where he's coming from, but also I really would like a very a, a cool new Monkey Island game. If you if you see what people like Dave Gilbert and Francisco Gonzalez can, can do nowadays with pixel art and everything, and man, and... and, and uh, uh, Gilbert himself with uh, Thimbleweed Park. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the the guy hasn't lost his touch. So, no, definitely. <laughs> I would I would love to see some some new material, but yeah, um, he could also be right. I mean, he has worked in that business. He has worked for that company, so he probably knows better than we do. But that, who knows? That's probably true. Yeah. Well, we we do have the physical re-release of the Monkey Island game, so uh, so at least that's good news. At least. And we will see what happens. So uh, now before we get to the reviews of the adventure games, I just want to talk about uh, two or maybe a third game that's, uh, that I found interesting. The first game I wanted to mention is Metaphobia uh, by Digital Mosaic Games. Now, this game the, it's a again a 2D point-and-click adventure game. So the story is that shortly after being elected mayor, Carl Emstadt is murdered by a thief who is quickly caught, convicted and sent to prison. Case closed. Carl's son, Richard, however, is details and decides to investigate further on his own. His prime suspect, his father's political rival, Edward Rabin. Throughout the investigation, Richard will find out that the truth behind the murder is hidden deep under the ground deeper than he ever could have imagined. So the developers say that Metaphobia is a dark mystery detective story inspired by classic adventure games from the 90s. And one of the best things about this game is the developers said this game has been created with passion, not credit cards. So it is completely (laughs) free to play. So it's completely free. And a feature developer said that it's green screen animation, so rotoscoping, Retro graphics, original soundtrack and sound effects. It's fully voice acted and there are over 30 locations and 20 characters. Now, I haven't had a chance to play the game myself, but I have seen 
reaction of people who've played it, and it has been very positive from everyone who has played it. So it I'm looking really cool. forward to, to trying it out. There's a trailer on the website and screenshots as well. Now, the second game I want to talk about very quickly, I don't know if you've seen this, Tomas, is The Hand of Glory. Uh, this is a new epic point-and-click adventure game that will lead you through the world. So uh, this it is an adventure game which is inspired by the golden age of point-and-click, especially by the Broken Sword and Gabriel Knight sagas. Yeah, so I see that. <laughs> so against a 2D point-and-click adventure game. And so the story is you need to find out who kidnapped Elk Mulsberg and unveil a mystery that has its roots in alchemy and esoterism. And the developer said that there is more than 15 hours of gameplay, thousands of dialogue lines, dozens of puzzles to solve. You control two characters, Lars and Alice, and you explore both Miami and Italy in wonderful 2D full HD locations. And there's an original atmospheric sound soundtrack and full English voiceover. Now, they're on Kickstarter. They are looking for 8,000 euros. They're more than halfway through that. They may have already reached a goal by the time this episode goes out. It would be great if they did. But anyway, there's still a few weeks ago, so you can still pledge. I did. I pledged for this game. It looks really cool. They have videos. They have GIFs. They have screenshots. They have more details about what the game offers. And interestingly, uh, one of the locations is in San Leo in Italy, and the developers have said that they've obtained official patronage by the town, and they've received active and stimulating cooperation with them. So this has allowed them to faithfully reproduce many real places rich in history and mystery. So again, there's, you know, certain relocations, and it's, again, a conspiracy thriller in the vein of Gabriel Knight and Broken Sword. It looks really cool. I've seen the trailer. They have a trailer. They have a demo, which you can download from Steam and DRM Free, if you wish. So uh, that game, again, is The Hand of Glory. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, Thomas. Not, not yet, not yet. But uh, it looks really interesting. I, I must say Broken Sword was also the first thing that popped in my head when I saw <laughs> uh, when I saw the screenshots. Um and it, yeah, I might uh, I might put some euros in there as well. Now, before we get to the reviews, there is one game I wanted to talk about very, very briefly, which I haven't spoken about yet. But this is some news that broke while well, recording on a Tuesday. It broke yesterday, Monday, that Dave Gilbert announced on Twitter that he has released a new game. Yay, but wait for it. It's a short game. He released a game for Adventure Jam. So Adventure Jam is... Uh, I don't know too much about that, but it, from what I know, it's an AGS competition where people have, I think, two weeks to make an adventure game. So you need to make an adventure game two weeks, and, and then the best one will be voted. So Dave Gilbert very secretly made a game called Old Skies in two weeks under a, a different name, and he publicly announced it after it had been released uh, yeah, on Monday. So the game is Old Skies, and it features the voice acting from the magnificent Sally Beaumont, who has appeared in many other adventure games. So, um, again, I haven't checked it out yet myself, but I would uh, urge people to check that out. It's a game by Dave Gilbert, so uh, I'm sure it's pretty good. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, a game that's Old Skies. So, now, we're going to talk about a few games. I know that you have 
games that you'd like to talk about, which I know you spoke very briefly about before. We since finished the game. Yes. But very quickly now, before we, we get to that, I know it's me talking again. I will let you talk at some point, Tom. This is the <laughs> me show. <laughs> no worries. That's okay. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to make you jealous once again. But when I was in Boston at Narrowscope, I did meet with Francisco Gonzalez, and he very kindly gave me a very early first look at the game, Rosewater. So I played basically the first scene in the game. Uh, now, it's it's very, very early. There's no sound effects or music or voice acting or anything yet, so he's still going to put that in. But uh, in the game, you play as, I believe her name is Heather Ledger, who, if you may recall, she's a cousin of Bill. Uh, Leger, rather, who was in Lamplight City. He was the dead partner of oh. uh, the protagonist in Lamplight City. So she arrives in the town of Rosewater. and uh, You know it's a western setting because there's a sheriff's office right next to the train station. And this character comes, this guy comes to meet her and he's the town greeter and he's very enthusiastic and he's, you know, he reminded me a little bit of Stan in Monkey Island games. And But this felt something a bit off about him now you can choose how to respond to him you can choose to be polite to be neutral or to be rude i chose to be rude and he was you know taking it back saying that i hey lady i'm just trying to be nice here and so you go back and forth and uh, we find out that she's there to meet a publisher now in the meantime while she's talking to this guy a young boy sneaks up from behind and he tries to put his hand into her back pocket to take her wallet. Now, she finds out, and she grabs his hand, and she stops him. The town greeter then runs away, and the young boy starts to cry. <laughs> so she then had to decide then what you, how you want to talk to him, but you eventually let him go, and he then goes away crying uh, back where he came from. Now... That was really the only scene that is that was still available to be played. I, I was still able to walk around the town a little bit to get an, an idea of what the town would be like. But Francisco is still working on it. So he's still adding you know, new locations and characters into it. And so I did walk around the town. There are other characters that you can meet. Again, in the, in the demo version, you just see the characters, but you still can't talk to them. But uh, my first impressions are... Already, even though it's a very, very early build, and even though it was a very short scene, already it looks really, really good. Uh, I really liked this introduction uh, scene because already we have an idea of what the game is about. And one thing that really impressed me is that we already know a bit about the character. We know that the town is dangerous. We know why she's there. And we we don't need uh, you know huge huge amounts of dialogue to tell us that it is all told through the storytelling through action the action as well and it was you know short snappy to the point and so you can get the early feeling for the game as well so we we know the town is dangerous we know you can choose already what type of character the main character is and you know we know she has a wits about her and we know that she's there to meet a publisher we know that just in the first couple of seconds. And, you know, in other games, maybe lesser games, maybe she would have met the sheriff and he would have told her, hey, lady, this town ain't safe for, you know, you need to watch your back. But we can see that, you know, the whole old uh, expression, show, don't tell. 
mm-hmm. where it looks like Francisco and Jess Haskins are doing that. And so now Francisco told me it won't be released until 2020, maybe 2021. But already it's looking good and I can't wait to see more about it and hear more about that game. So the game is Rosewater, kind of, sort of, sequel to Lamplight City, but I believe you can, it's standalone as well. It's more, more like a sidequel. So, exactly, sidequel. But again, uh, Francisco told me that he aims for the game to be just as long as Lamplight City, and I believe you have choices as well in the game, and depending on your choices, uh, it will you know affect you know where you go, what direction you take in the game mm-hmm. as well. So, um, and again, if you want to find out more about the game Rosewater, I would recommend people check out uh, bonus Narrowscope episode five, which was my interview with Francisco Gonzalez and Jess Haskins. And now, very quickly again, before we get to Heaven's Vault, which I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, there was a game, or rather three quick games, which I played uh, before I went to Boston, and it is called Mysteries of Peak Valley. Oh, do not fret, Mr. Geller, for your time is running out. Can't you feel it? You will be joining them soon enough. This is the red man's house. He's looking after me until I can be with my mom. Ah, Mr. Geller. How nice of you to finally arrive. Might I suggest a more punctual approach in the future? I do wager that it is too late for that now, however. You shouldn't jump to conclusions, Mr. Parks. Nobody is dead yet. You mean they're still alive? But... Oh, surely that's not possible. I mean... I was here, I should know. It was a love that felt like it could overcome anything. Last forever. I cherish these memories deeply. Oh, how I wish we could be together again. Is this? No, it can't be, surely. Hello? And now this is a free game. So this game, in this game, you play as a psychic medium called Zach Geller. And I'll just t- talk very briefly about the synopsis of the first game. So you travel to a large estate house in Northern Peak Valley, and you're greeted by uh, there is one woman living in the house. She is very desperate. She's on the brink, and she says that her house is haunted. She keeps hearing. Uh, voices and she keeps uh, you know she thinks there's something odd so she's asked you to investigate again I don't want to say too much of the story but there are two other games so this first game is Mysteries of Peak Valley The Lost Sonata then there is Mysteries of Peak Valley The White Lady and then the third game is Mysteries of Peak Valley The Ruin of Souls now in the first game there's no voice acting but again it didn't really bother me but in the second and third games there is voice acting from all of the characters and again, the voice acting is pretty good, and I do think it really helps the game. And now the two second and third game kind of expand on events in the first game. And then the second game was very effective. There were some jump scares, which really got to me, which I was not expecting. And again, the puzzles mainly are not too difficult, but there are so much you need to think have released a walkthrough for each game with the release of the games uh, in the download of the games and the third game is also available uh, for mobile devices 
And so I would really recommend these games. It's Again, these games are all free. I would recommend playing them in order because the stories do follow on. Each game does have a bit of a cliffhanger. And I would really recommend that people check this game out. It's Mysteries of Peak Valley. And the developer, Sunny Penguin Games, said on Twitter that they are, I believe they're remaking the first two games to make it look like uh, the, the third game. So... Um, so yeah, again, I don't want to talk too much about the story because I don't want to give any spoilers, but again, games, Mysteries of Peak Valley, I will include links to each of the games on, on the show notes. Right, so I think that's enough from me. You've been very patiently waiting, Tomas, so we heard a little bit. Well, in, in the, the meantime, I play. saw, uh, in, in, while you were discussing this, I saw Avengers Endgame for the eighth time, so... <laughs> Wasn't that long, was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so t- you were clearly listening then, but just to test you, what I, I used to work as a teacher, what I did with my students is, repeat what I just said. <laughs> no, no I'll, I'll wait for to see Avengers Endgame for the ninth time when it comes out. On the <laughs> Might take quicker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, one last thing you said was to play those games in order because there is an, uh, an order in uh, their, their mm-hmm. sequels. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. So it's like, you know, one, two, three. If, you, if I, I did start playing the third game first, I had no idea what was going on. So I went back and played uh, uh, the first game, second game, and then the third game. And it made, it, again, I won't say it made a lot more sense because there are things that happen in it that I was still like huh really oh that happened um, but it made more sense definitely um, but yeah definitely if you do play them play them in order they're, but they're very professionally made games uh, very very good games and I can't wait to see what the Sunny Penguin games do next so and I don't know if they're from the Netherlands actually um, could because be their, their domain is .co.nf that's not the Netherlands Netherlands It is indeed. Okay, that shows how much I know about Netherlands, but... <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> that's part of Germany, right? <laughs> okay, no, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> I mean, I know you speak German over there, but... <laughs> uh, we speak everything over there. Yeah, that's true. And English better than some Irish people. <laughs> probably, probably. Apparently. Well, talking about languages because languages is of course the main thing of heaven's vault and man this game is good history is a science it's the reconstruction of the past i'm an archaeologist i dig stuff up every ancient inscription i decipher is a piece of the puzzle Every moon I sail to reveals a new path to explore. And every new discovery can change the story entirely. History belongs to everyone. It's how we know who we are. But will the story I put together be the truth. I 
went into this game. I already told you a bit that I was very, uh, very enthusiastic about it uh, while I was playing it. I finished it after 26 hours, and my oh, wow. first reaction was to start over and play again. And um, that doesn't happen that often with adventure games, of course. Usually, you 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 finish a game and you know the story and you're done. Well, now I know the story. I know one of the endings. And there are no save games in this game. You you save uh, when it saves when it needs to or when you want to quit the game. So it's not like I could go back and try a different ending. Um, I also wouldn't want to try a different ending. This game is one of those games where you're playing it and you immediately feel like you're playing something special. Uh, the way I had with uh, Return of the Oprah Din. Like within 10 minutes, you're like, this is something unlike anything I've ever played before. And I've had the same th feeling with Heaven's Fault. I really felt like it was an experience, like I was playing um, a movie or something. Um, and it all felt really natural. The, the conversations you had were very natural. Uh, I'll, I'll explain a bit about the, the story. Um, because you play a, uh, this is, it, it all takes place in a fantasy realm. It's not like it's a, this takes place on Earth. Um, uh, you play an archaeologist, and um, you have a ship, and with that ship you can sail through the stars towards several different moons. Um, you are asked by uh, the director of a university, someone who took you in and who set you on the path of uh, enlightenment uh, to go and find out what happened to a professor who uh, one was searching for something. She has no clue what he was searching for. That's what she wants to know. So she puts you in uh, on this quest and she gives you a, a robot to help you. Now, robots here are ancient beings. They are not very common. They are uh, unusual and they uh, are the results of archaeological finds. Um, and this, uh, she names this robot Six. I'll let you find out why he's, he's named Six. Uh, but uh, you can probably guess for a bit, it's not the first robot she's had. Um, as I said, the, the, most of the conversations are between Six and, uh, and you. And it just feels normal. It feels like you're, you're walking uh, somewhere and you strike up a conversation or you to talk about what's happening. It feels so natural, like n nothing I've ever experienced in uh, a narrative game like this uh, or in any, any adventure game. Um, yes, you, you, you pick what answers you get, but it's not like you can exhaust uh, um, a dialogue tree. It's like this is the answer. You can you can uh, you can choose your attitude through your answers. You can also choose not to answer. Not answering, uh, not choosing an answer is also an, uh, a choice, um, at which the per the person you're talking to can react to. So you can you can be rude. You can be polite. You can be rude to certain people, polite to other people. Um, and in the meantime, you're trying to find out what happened to this professor. And in order to find this out, you have to translate an ancient language. And that's not easy. You, you're, um, while you're uh, uh, sailing the, the streams between the moons, 
you can sometimes come across uh, archaeological finds. You can uh, s uh, find a ruin and then your robot goes out and search for something. Sometimes you have to do that in order to be able to find a location. Like you extrapolate the location uh, by finding more artifacts. Okay, this artifact is from that era. Uh, we have multiple artifacts from that era. So I uh, can kind of guess where our next location is. And then you go, you sail towards there, and then you try to find it. And the more you translate, um, the, the, the more you discover of the story. And the story is magnificent. This is, this. Um, I would like to see this in a movie. Seriously, this whole story is blockbuster friend they should they should make this into a movie this is not this is definitely one of the main contenders for me for game of the year this is not one of the best games i've played this year this is one of the best games i've played in my life wow. that is the <laughs> yeah this this is how good this this game is um it gave me it, it both gave me the desire to immediately play it again and try and and, and uh, learn more about the language because in, in the beginning the translating it's a bit trial and error uh, if i would were to start over now i would be much better at the translating because i understand the game better um but it also gave me a bit of a hangover you like the hangover <laughs> you get you get you get from when you've you've binged your favorite tv show and there is no more left to watch and you're like yeah but what am i gonna do now because I love this and I want to see more of this and I want to do more of this. Uh, luckily with a game, you can replay it, which is exactly what I plan to do. And I, I believe that the uh, developers also um, hit some stuff for people who, uh, who want to replay it. They actually were pretty surprised by the amount of replays uh, people were doing with this game. And I think that is about the biggest compliment you can give a game, that you just want to replay it and replay it because it's so good. And I, I want to replay it because I want to try out different answers or different different branches, see if I can find other things. Even though I know what the likely outcome will be, there are so many things that I didn't get to translate that I missed, might have missed. I think I got most of it. I definitely got the main storyline, which is again magnificent. It I I wanted to just wanted to keep on playing, and it it felt really all really natural. The the way of playing, I, I've. I've played it both with the controller and with uh, um, a keyboard and mouse. Um, it is, uh, the sailing is, is quite easy. Um, it's not that difficult, but if you, for instance, if you miss, um, uh, um, you, should, you, you went left where you should have gone right, uh, the, the game gives you an option to go back and go right anyway. The sailing is not, um, you can also skip it. Sometimes you can say, I'm going to go rest, and then your robot uh, sails the rest. Actually, I did not do that quite often because one of the fun things was the conversations you have while you're sailing the, the streams between the moons. And um, I cannot stress this, this enough. The, the, the conversations you're having is like you're walking with someone and he just strikes up a conversation about some things that you've done or that you're going to do or have seen or are seeing at that point. Uh, the, the the robot had his memory wiped, I think. Um, he claims he doesn't know um, anything about from before he was uh, reactivated. So he has a lot of questions and you're also learning to see the world through his eyes. Uh, this, yeah, this is an utterly, utterly compelling game. So you liked it then? 
<laughs> no, I... <laughs> sorry. Could you could you repeat all that? I was uh, yeah, I was you... watching the Lord of the Rings again, so I... <laughs> you have yeah. to repeat all of that again. No, no, I'm kidding. No, it's uh, it's great. I mean, I I I've, I've just bought the game myself now a few days ago, so I I will be playing it hopefully within the next month or so, because <laughs> I want to dedicate time to this game. I've heard. Uh, really good things uh, about it, but it's it's great that you like that. It's so good that you like it so much. You know, it's a great feeling to have when you play a game like this. That is that gives you this same that is joy and satisfaction. As you mentioned, it's even though sense set in a fantasy world that the conversations that you have or the main character in a robot has, as you say, that they're very real, that they're very natural. Because I think that's one of the main kind of criticisms of adventure games in general is that sometimes the conversations aren't really natural. That, as you mentioned, the dialogue trees or that the characters have amnesia, that you're very rude to them, and then you go back, <laughs> and then it's like they forget yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, and, well, they and, don't um, forget in this game. Absolutely not. <laughs> and it can hinder no, you, it can help you. But mm. And, and the, the, the graphic style, it's, it's all cel-shaded. Is that the correct term? I think so, yeah. There was one funny thing because when you're walking around, you don't see the feet. <laughs> and at, at first, I thought, is that is that something to do with with, with the mystery or whatever? But now it's just an artistic choice, uh, an artistic choice, and it's fine. And um, it's what w- when they said over oh, didn't make made you feel like a real detective. This makes you feel like a real archaeologist without having to dirty your hands. And it's just a compelling world. And, and mythology that they've created, and it's it's like you know I wanna I wanna be more in this world. There is I still have a feeling that I didn't discover everything. And once you dis- the, the 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 sheer thrill of of the discovery that you do make is is fantastic. You know you 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 find that moon that you're looking for, and you have no clue what you're gonna find there. And then what you find there is even more. Grand is even grander than you than you ever thought you could find, and and it pushes the story forward. And yeah, it's 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 absolutely great, absolutely magnificent. Oh well, I'm, five I'm five delighted. out of five. Five. So I think uh, this may very well be the your at least adventure game of the year. I'm imagining we're still we still have six months to go, but so far this uh... this is by far the front runner right now and i've and i've played some fantastic games but none right. so far come close to this one that's okay. heaven's 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 vault by ankle uh heaven's, yeah okay and then i'm curious um now you talked a little bit about the that you feel like an archaeologist because i've read a little bit about it that with the translations now i've read that correct me if i'm wrong but you don't need to get them 100% correct. A lot of it is kind of guesswork or educated guesswork that you can still kind of pick and choose what you believe the the right words are and it will continue the story, continue the game based on what your choices yeah. were. You have, you have a, a string of symbols and um, you're using the knowledge you have at that moment to determine what that string of symbols could mean. Now, if you, for instance, um, you see... Uh, you think it means um, sail amongst the stars to go home, for instance. And mm-hmm. then another string, uh, on, on a, you find a, a pot, and on the pot at the bottom is another uh, bit in, in the ancient language, and that says, uh, 
um, a sailor's home is never far or something like that. Then it could say, okay, I'm pretty sure my uh, translation for home is correct. And then home, uh, the, 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 the question mark behind home disappears and you're pretty sure that doesn't mean that you're right. It mm. means you think you are right. And it could very well mean that later on in the game, you're like, no, I, I, no, I was wrong. This is not, this doesn't mean that. Um, so it is all calculated guesses. Uh, there are a few words where you're pretty sure that you, uh, that you're 100% correct. And for, for instance, the, the, the final translation I needed to make, um, or, uh, no, I, sorry, the final translation that I found was a very, very long sentence. I didn't even manage to translate half of it. It didn't stop me from finishing the game at all, but it adds so much flavor and mythology to, to the game. And I think in certain stages, it might actually help you uh, uh, get along faster and um, uh, a bit more uh, getting a bit getting a bit more to the point for certain things, but I don't know. I have not uh, I have not uh, tried it again, so I don't know exactly what. Maybe some of the translations I'll take with me, and I can, you know, uh, get up to speed quicker. I, I should. I really want to play this game again. I'll probably play it quicker than in 26 hours now. But uh, I would love to uh, to see more of this, and maybe maybe they can make some kind of sequel or, or something like that. I want to I want to know learn more about this world as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's exactly what the re- games like this are the reason I love adventure games so much. Wow, okay, now I'm really looking forward to to playing it, especially now based on your review. Now it has been on my radar. And, you know, I've seen videos, I've seen screenshots. It does look pretty amazing. And I've been intrigued by the translation aspect. And, yeah. um, and then the final question I have about it then is, what, what's the voice acting like? So is there voice acting all throughout the game? Or is it all, only... T- I think you said there was voice acting in the last review episode. But what's the voice acting like there in is the game? A- uh, there is a bit of voice acting, and it's mainly a voiceover of the the voice of the main uh, of the main character, the character you play, um, who and it's very poetic most of the time. She she just explains a bit about herself or uh, gives a bit of a yeah. How do you explain it? It's it's not like she's telling you what you're seeing, but it's more like she's telling you what you're feeling or what you've experienced in the past that relates to the thing you're experiencing in the present. Um, that's that's basically the only uh, voice acting there is right. in this game, okay, and, so, you, and you, you don't miss it. It's it's not necessary. Okay, so okay, so between the characters, like the robot and the main character, and the characters you meet, it's it's mainly just reading, is it? That you? Yeah, there's music, there's you... sound effects. Uh, it feels okay. it feels complete. It, it's it, I'm I'm not missing something like that. I think it would it's it might even distract from. Uh, from the flow of the conversations, if everything would have been voice acted, I, I, I believe it's a conscious choice not to include the voice acting there. Uh, I was actually the last time when you asked me was that, and, and I started playing the game and started focusing more clearly on on, on trying to see. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't miss it here. It's, it's, this is perfect the way it is. Okay, wow, okay, perfect the way it is. You heard it from, from, from Tomas. So um, that's definitely thumbs up then about uh, Heaven's Vault. So 
from Inc. Inkel Studios, Inkel Limited, who also made 80 Days. Now, as I mentioned before, 80 Days was the Time Magazine Adventure Games of the Year 2014. It won plenty of other awards as well. And I think, I have a feeling Heaven's Vault could win some awards as well, based on what you're saying. It's gotten some really good reviews online as well, and from uh, game critics as well. And I look forward to playing it myself. Um, now, when I do play it, you know, I'll just give my thoughts. I won't go as long, or <laughs> it won't say as much as as you, because I think you very clearly explained about the story and about the game. But, um, but yeah, so thank you very much for that. So that's Heaven's Vault. And so real thumbs up from Tomas there. And now, before we finish, uh, there is a game that I've meant to talk about, that I've been meaning to talk about for a while now. And now this game, it's hard to top this game now. <laughs> I feel bad after the, you know, the piece of praise you've given this game. It's kind of like, well, any game after this will be hard to, to match up. But I've been meaning to talk about this game for a while now. And uh, the game is St. Christopher's School Lockdown. So now, uh, uh, have you have you ever wanted to go back to school, Thomas? I know that I've never asked you this question before, completely spontaneous. But the only way I would want to go back to school is if I could go back in time with all my experiences intact and knowledge intact, and not I do not want to relive my high school years at all. <laughs> No, right. Well, as I said, it's the very first time I've asked you that. <laughs> and uh, except, except this time we're recording it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> uh, yes, anyway. So you can go back to school now with the St. Christopher School lockdown, but thankfully it's in a good way. Um, so the St. Christopher School lockdown is... A point-and-click adventure set in a boarding school in Britain. It's a prestigious British institute. And there is a protest going on there. Now, um, you play as Kaylee. Now, the interesting thing about this game is that you don't play as any of the students. You play as a character, as I mentioned, called Kaylee. And she is older than the students. She's in her 20s. And we first meet her, wakes up in a van. We don't know much about her or what's going on, but we we can tell that something is happening to her. She's in a bit of trouble. And she gets out of the van. She sees the police. She gets concerned. And then she sees that she's outside of a school. Now, she then thinks, oh, great. And luckily, she happens to have a, a school uniform. We don't know why she happens to have a school uniform, even though she's in her 20s at that moment, but she decides to go into the school just to kind of, uh, just to wait it out. Whatever she's going through, whatever's happening, she thinks she can just go into school, wait till the situation calms down. Now, once you, so that's the first puzzle, is you have to try and find a way into the school, which is kind of strange because everybody always wants to go out of the school, but now Kaylee wants to go into it. And once you get into the school, you realize that there are other students there. So as I mentioned before, there is a protest going on and we discover along with Kaylee what the students are protesting about and what is going on. So I think this was a good decision by the developers to play as somebody else. 
Now, throughout the game, we get to meet uh, different types of characters. So there is the, the leader, shall we say, who is handsome, who's charismatic, but he's not really a great organizer, organizer for the, you know, the nitty-gritty. That falls to somebody else who is trying to keep track of everyone, who's trying to give everyone odd jobs, and he's not very popular, but he's doing what's necessary. There are other characters as well. There are um, some, uh, well, nerds who play Dungeons and Dragons. There are some, uh, you know, different types of characters. There are, believe the word is, chavs <laughs> who are kind of vulgar but very, very funny. <laughs> and there are two guys who are constantly high on weed. And, you know, you get to meet all of these people in the game. So... As you go through the game, you get to know more about the students, more about their lives, more about why they're protesting, you know, what they're protesting. And we also get to know more about Kaylee and her background, her history, and what situation she's in and why she's so concerned about the cops uh, to begin with. Now, I, I did enjoy the story. I personally would have liked more about the protest itself because you know it would like more interaction between the protesters and maybe the principal and the teachers and the police and more uh, consequences of that because throughout the game mainly you have as you know you deal with gossip amongst students you know like this person likes this person and do you hear what happened to that person and uh you know it's realistic it's uh, Surprised me if the developers had been part of some sort of sit-in protest because you did feel like you were there. Now, you do get a little bit of, of uh, the outside, but I would kind of liked uh, some more. Now, what I did like is the character Kaylee, and I really liked her background and her story. And again, I would like to, have, to know some more. But again, you know, I think, just about enough. You also play some flashback scenes as Kaylee before she gets to the school. And you also meet some of these students in these flashback scenes before you also get to know them. And you find out more about what happened to her. And now this game is certainly not for children, shall we say. There's nothing gratuitous, but there are some teams, again, without giving anything away, there's some teams that are kind of adult-oriented. And the interesting thing about Kaylee is that she is by no means a goody two-shoes. Uh, two that she does some things that you like, wow, but you still root for her even though she does some things that you think wow this is not very nice to say the least but you still root for her you still want her to get out of this situation and she's a really really interesting main character character that i really really came to care about and really liked and like no other character that i've played in any other adventure game and also so it's also it's very funny that it's by no means a comedy, but there's a lot of humor in the game. Some of the humor is with interaction with the students. Some of the humor as well is your interaction with the object. So you can look at an object, interact with an ob object, or pick up an object. And now if you decide, if you try to pick up a locker, the narrator will say, oh, in order to pick up this locker, you need to go to the gym some more. And, and other things as well. You know, there's a really sarcastic kind of wit from the the game as well, it's, a, it's a kind of like strikes close to the bone, but it is funny. And then you meet the characters. You know, the nerd is very funny, and then uh, he goes crazy. If somebody doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons very well as well. <laughs> now get, the story does pick up. It gets more intense and more tense uh, as you get towards the end. That's uh, you know it becomes like uh, you know like a thriller towards the end, and. 
then uh, with the with regard to sound of the music I found myself humming along to it. Now, in most of the game, or a lot of the game, it's a very calming music, and I found myself humming along to it while I was lying in bed, so it had an effect on me. And then it gets quicker, you know, during the tense moments. There is only voice acting in certain places in the game. It's Now, there was a lot of writing, a lot of dialogue, a lot of even description. And so the dialogue is only in certain sections. I It, it did kind of come from nowhere at first, because it's in some scenes and then it stops. But clearly, I believe this is a budget issue that the developers, that again, with all of the dialogue, it's very difficult to have voice acting for all of it. And now it didn't bother me. Uh, it would have been nice to have more of the voice acting because it was quite good. But again, it didn't really bother me. I still laughed. I, the main thing for me is the quality of the writing. And thankfully, the quality of the writing is good. And... Now, I do have to mention as well that I did see that there were a couple of typos through through the game. Again, nothing major, but uh, it didn't bother me. It didn't take my enjoyment away from the game. And now, with regards to the graphics, it's more like a comic book or graphic novel because there are close-up portraits of the characters when you talk to them. And I have to say the graphics are absolutely gorgeous. They're absolutely beautiful. And the screenshots, I don't think, do the game justice. Because only when I started playing the game that I realized, wow, this looks absolutely beautiful. So I would say that Lainey Berry, probably an artist, by <laughs> judging by her portraits and by the graphics of this game, it's really, really beautiful. And again, I didn't really notice that the other characters didn't move either. And you go through many of the same locations in the school, but again, as you complete an objective, the characters change locations, so they feel different. You also have, uh, now it's kind of linear, the game is, because you have kind of one thing to do, but you do have an objective written down, so you're never really kind of stuck as to what to do. Now, with regards to the puzzles, the puzzles in the game, they're... They're usually the typical type of puzzles, and there are also some mini games. Now, mini games kind of can be hit and miss in general, but thankfully they mainly work in this game. One of my favorites was have to help write a school manifesto for the protest. In the manifesto is uh, most of it is written. You have some blank words, and you have this kind of device that you need to go around, you need to go and talk and listen to some of the other students. And then some words will pop up and you need to put in the correct word into mm. the correct place. And now it's not hugely challenging, that particular puzzle, but I really, really enjoyed it. There are, you know, puzzles like that. There are also some puzzles that I, I do admit I did find difficult. There is a um, phone in the game that gets wet and you have to fix it. And I did need a walkthrough for that particular puzzle, I do admit. And um, one thing that I did like is even though the game itself is linear, some of the puzzles have different solutions, have multiple solutions. So, for example, there is one situation where you need room, and I found what I believe to be one way. So I figured out that way how to escape, but then I found a completely different way to escape in a different part of the room. So, And then I went back later on once I finished the game to check in a walk and apparently there were three different ways to escape. So I like that as well. Like in real life, there is more than one way to resolve a puzzle. Now, there is, uh, you know, one or two occasions where you need to 
uh, open a glass cabinet and you need one particular item. And I did think, well, why don't you just break it? Because as I mentioned, she's not, you know, she's not above breaking things and breaking the law. But I, again, you know, it didn't really bother me that much. And um, it's uh, there's another, also another mini game where you have it's a voodoo doll trading game. It's hard to describe. It's uh, you have these dolls, these kind of voodoo dolls that are kind of characters from Monkey Island. It's hard to explain. It's not terribly challenging, but I really enjoyed that part of the game. And uh, uh, yeah, so the game took me about ten hours to play it's a political game now you you're laney berry doesn't ram a political message down your throat as i said there's a lot of humor in it as well now i think you can guess kind of what what political kind of type she's on but again she does include different points of view which is really nice as well and but as i said it's just a lot of humor and the character is really really interesting the story again it's what's nice as well is you're not saving the world. It's not an epic story here. It's students who are protesting to want to improve their conditions and that. And then you have your own situation, your own background situation as well. And things escalate and develop throughout. But it's a, it's a really, really nice game to play. I would really highly recommend that people check it out. That game, again, is the St. Christopher School Lockdown. And as I mentioned, there is a sale on this game and on Heaven's Vault, uh, which ends on July 9th. So if you're listening to this before July 9th, you can get these games on a sale, the summer sale on Steam. And uh, yeah, so that game is like Christopher School Lockdown, and I would highly recommend it. Um, so Okay, well, while you were talking, <laughs> I watched all James Bond movies. So All of them from the nineteenth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from the Sean Connery to the Roger Moore to the Pierce Brosnan to the Daniel Craig. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to talk about the old Monkey Island games. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, is it for, for me for this week? So, so what, is the, um, what is the next game you're going to play now? So what I'm currently playing is called Draugen, which is a game that was released back in May. So I'll be talking more about that game the next next week's episode. So that game, for people who may not have known, I've spoken about it before. Yeah. It is the latest game by Red Thread Games and Ragnar Tornquist, who, as people may know, is the lead developer on The Longest Journey and Dreamfall and Dreamfall Chapters. And I'm currently playing this game, uh, full thoughts I will give because I haven't finished it and I know that there's been kind of, I don't know, more, most people I think have enjoyed it but maybe a little bit of a mixed reaction. I don't want to say too much yet because I I want to process it as well. So far, I'll say so far I'm enjoying it. So far, it's uh, the experience is good. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, it will stick the landing and we'll, and we'll see now. So... Uh, and yourself, um, do you have any plans to replay Heaven's Vault or play a different game? Well, I would love to replay Heaven's Vault, and I might replay it a bit because I'm still working on the uh, on the review. I hope to finish that this week, um, and you will find that review on our website then. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I have had that done and I can tear myself away from Heaven's Vault, I will dive into Whispers of a Machine, which was the other game I was looking really looking forward to playing, and I heard only good things about 
which is a more traditional point-and-click adventure. So um, you're going you're going in Draugen, I'm going in Wizards of a Machine, so we're both uh, meeting again in uh, Scandinavia next time. <laughs> that is true, actually. Again, yeah. we completely planned this. <laughs> Absolutely. We have the whole year planned. Definitely. Now, the one thing I'll say about Draugen is that I... As soon as I was playing it, I wanted to visit the town of Gravik, which is the main setting of the game. But to my immense disappointment, it does not exist. It's, uh, <laughs> so damn you, Ragnar! <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, now I'm curious to know how the game finishes. Um, there, there is a, there is a slight, uh, slight uh, problem uh when it comes to playing because uh strangest things season three drops this weekend so oh, I, yes, I think i might have to does. take a short break to uh, to binge that <laughs> yes yes we'll have to we'll have to see yeah okay yeah no i might have to i'm sure we still have some time uh to play but yeah i think we can talk about oh which reminds me telltale we're supposed to make a stranger things video game but that never happened yeah but Too uh, bad. we can we can still make maybe talk about Stranger Things, maybe related. They, they have a Stranger Things game, which is free to download as well. It's not an adventure game, but it's it's free back in the 1980s. And, and they, game. Re- they released the uh, Dungeons and Dragons starter kit Stranger Things edition, which comes oh, with two Demogorgons. Okay, no, I think I'll, mm-hmm. might, I might be interested in getting that because I've. Uh, confession: I have never played Dungeons and Dragons. I, <laughs> you are I not want the to. only one, and I really will, want to. You will get to. Um, maybe I'll, I'll figure something out for you because I've been a DM since the nineties. So <laughs> that would be amazing. We'll okay, create, well, we'll create until, our own adventure games. Yeah, we'll 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 see how they turn out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. Thomas, it's a pleasure as always uh, talking to you, and I'm delighted that you enjoyed Heaven's Vault so much. I'm looking forward to playing to see if um, if it lives up to expectations. Hope I'm sure it will. It seemed like a really special experience. I'm, I'm sure and... it's going to exceed your expectations, even with my hyping it up now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm sure it will. So. Uh, hopefully we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we seem to so far have got uh, technology sorted out. We seem to learn, know, as in I have don't, learned how to do this whole recording sh- thing. Don't jinx it. <laughs> We're almost done. Uh, well, I think I think we got this episode. Hopefully I won't lose it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, Tomas. And I thank you, be- Sorsha. I wish you a, a very nice uh, time. Until then. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are an adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you 
please may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So, until next time, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.